Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Mabel. And I'm Mitch. And you're listening to Sex Ed and Chill. Today, we're doing a bit of a special episode while, while we take our break from sex education. Um, and we're going to be talking about the 40-year-old virgin. Um, and this time uh, around, we're, we're shaking it up a little bit. We're changing the mm-hmm. format up from season one just to try some new things, see if things work a little better. Um, so you'll see we've got some segments. Uh, let us know if you like it. Uh, let us know if you want us to go back to the old way, uh, where, where all he is. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Um, but yeah, first up, let's talk about the 40-year-old year old virgin. We need a little <laughs> bit of a recap. So Andy, the main character of the 40-year-old virgin, is, as the title suggests, a 40-year-old man who's never had mm-hmm. sex. When the movie starts, we see him living out what I would say is a pretty great life, lots yeah. of hobbies. Um, although the movie is like clearly heavily implying that his life is bad because he's alone and hasn't had sex. And because uh, he's a cyclist. And because he's a cyclist. <laughs> There's Mabel uh, with a, a bicycle in the background. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andy works at an electronic store in the stockroom, which is, again, implied to be a bad thing. Um, after getting invited to play poker with some of his co-workers, it comes out, or they force it out of him, that he's a virgin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> These co-workers then spend the rest of the entire movie trying to get him laid as soon as possible, basically. Um while this is all happening, uh, Andy is building a, a relationship with a woman named Trish who runs a store across the road. Um, he very much avoids telling her that he's a virgin uh, and it causes all sorts of problems. After some bumps, uh, multiple accusations of being a serial killer <laughs> uh, and a bike accident. Again, the movie wants you to know that uh, bike riding is bad and it's a thing that <laughs> men don't do. Uh, Andy and Trish finally consummate their relationship after getting married. The arc for the co-workers is that they spend the whole movie giving really bad advice but in the mm-hmm. end they acknowledge that andy uh, you know loves trish and stop him from hooking up with a stranger and then for some reason the movie ends with a final <laughs> scene that is a musical uh of uh steve Carell singing the age of aquarius so yeah a lot happens so in weird. this movie <laughs> what do we all think what do we all think um let's just say it's very dated with some of the things it has to say and what it talks and like how what it jokes about but overall i just I don't know if that's just me, but this style of movie where it's just not necessarily guys, but this is guys, but just people like talking and hanging out in general life, doing stupid shenanigans. It's just easy to put on and enjoy. I thought mm. so. Yeah. I like, I think it is a dated movie, but I think compared to other dated shows and movies, it's still quite enjoyable. Like yeah. it's, it's actually, it's a good watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you can get over, especially there's just a few scenes a that few are really, things, really yeah. did yeah. not age well. But yeah, what scenes stood out to you guys? What What are the What are the ones that stuck in your memory? Good, bad, or otherwise? Well, I like the uh, Steve Carell singing "Age of Aquarius." I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. It's one of my favorite endings to a movie. Like, <laughs> like it's got like that meaning, or it's like that stupid like. Oh, it's just like, oh, it's sex now. It's like this magical experience, which is a bit over the top, as we've discussed in this show. It's not necessarily that big of a deal, but I like the meaning behind there. And then the whole cast is just having fun. I don't know. It's just a fun way to end the movie. That's what I thought. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it and seemed to get what they were going for. I, I it, it was a bit of a miss for me. I was <laughs> like, I just... I also, couldn't. I think when it came out, the discussion around the fact that the year 2000 was the, you know, the start of the age of Aquarius and all the astrological stuff, like was a bigger topic of conversation. It was probably a better reference at the time. Yeah. In 2022, it just doesn't track as much. I think we've kind of forgotten that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I guess a scene that stood out for me that was just kind of hilarious was the scene where he's uh, attempting to put a condom on the first time him and Trish try and have sex and he just like doesn't know how to do it and it's like we see the value here of the thing that people make fun of in sex ed where you put a condom on a banana Mm -hmm. like it's often treated as like a silly exercise but realistically it's not that silly and Steve Carell or Andy would have had a much better time if he'd done that once in his life because he wouldn't have tried to blow it up or put it on his hand yeah. or all of the very many things that he did. I really like her container of condoms. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just, I want one just like it. Need a fancy condom box for the bedside table. Yeah. Another scene I did like, which is a bit more like a serious night and not like comedic, is the scene between um, 
Trisha's daughter and Andy on the on the way back from the sex clinic. They're just yeah. having a conversation. Yeah. Like, where obviously comes out and she knows that he's a virgin. It's just like, I don't know. It was just like a nice heartfelt yeah. moment that seemed very appropriate. I don't know. Like they addressed it well. Like these movies are stupid, but sometimes they have some like good smart moments and like they know what they're doing, I feel like. And I think it was nice for Andy to have someone find out about the fact that he hadn't had sex before and then not immediately make fun of him yeah, not yeah. tell him he's a terrible person like all of the things that happen when he tells other people in the movie it, like this was the first time maybe that he's told someone and it hasn't gone awfully <laughs> yeah that's good yeah um i just have God. to say that steve growls hitting home run this entire movie like we'll just talk he's amazing he's the in this best movie. yeah i he love him very funny. so much yeah. his range like from just like comedy to serious roles he just hits the mark every time i'm so, so good. impressed by him and i think and i've i said to mabel previously he also just gets more and more attractive as he oh, gets he's older. so hot now and like <laughs> yeah. i'm all about it yes. yeah more of that please um god i think like yeah it was a enjoyable movie i think there's quite a few scenes that like i think a lot of the scenes just like stick in your head mm. um the waxing scene obviously yeah. iconic from a very yeah. like like it's just so painful to watch mm-hmm. especially um, with the fun trivia fact that it was literally actually happening and they yep. did it yeah. in one take well other than andy do we all have like a favorite character or honestly i really like trish i think yeah. like she this there's there's a few things she does that aren't great but apart mm. from those yeah. Uh, she shows a great deal of patience for someone who is kind Definitely. of a, a bit of a bumbling, like doesn't know what he's doing kind of guy. Mm. Uh, it really, honestly, it reminds me of Ola in Sex um. Education and the way that she's very patient of Otis's many flaws. Yeah. Um, she also just seems cool, you know? Yeah, no, I think... Like, I think, like, um, Andy and Trish definitely come out as, like, the positive characters, but I was just, like, looking at the the character list again, and I think I'm going to go with Jonah Hill's character, the, the, <laughs> the customer that is just trying to buy the shoes, but Trish will, refuses to sell it in person and is yeah, like, no, because, I only sell things on eBay. Yeah, tr- this, this is a running gag throughout the whole movie. Trish has started a business where she'll take your stuff and sell it on eBay, which, fine, sure. Yeah. It's like yeah. she's doing the legwork, makes sense. But like, has a physical store in which the items are on display, <laughs> and you can't just come in and give her the money for the item. Yeah. I think we're, we're talking about dated references. I think this is one of the more dated parts of this movie for sure. It was eBay like up and coming back then. I don't know. I think it had just kind of exploded. Well, at that point. from my research, this store actually existed. They they filmed ah. they filmed on they filmed on like on location, like in a random electronic wow. store. And I looked across and there was an eBay store. I'm like, all right, let's put this in the movie. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That is a great fact. But yeah, no, his whole like dialogue in that scene, he's like, I don't understand. I just want to buy these. And I'm yeah. like, yes, you are all of us right now. Jennifer. Yeah. I also think Paul Rudd is pretty amazing in this as well. Well, everyone, all these characters are pretty troubled. I just think his range of emotions and like how he's going back and forth between his uh, ex-girlfriend who's played by um Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling, yeah. 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 Can I, I just there's so many there's so many actors in this. Oh my so God, the many. cast in this yeah. is incredible. This is this is definitely a thing for like the mid 2000s which doesn't happen anymore but like these ensemble casts are like mm. ridiculous where everyone's on SNL. Yeah. Which I talk about a bit later where Judd Apatow just brings all these people and like allows them to do what they want in this. I say movies. anything that has Judd Apatow's name on it, I'm like, yeah. It's, yep. it's probably going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. If a little dated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they, as we had said before, Matt, like they get, well, before the podcast, they do get better over time and more. Yeah. 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 I mean, he grew, he grew up, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which is a good sign. It's, it's funny that you're sort of like speaking of Paul Rudd's character, like positively, because when I was thinking about like least favorite character, I think I'm going to, really? I, I hate his toxic. I hate my ex thing. Like okay, yeah. he is a big horrible douchebag. No, no, no. I don't think he's sorry. He's not my favourite character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of my favourite performances yes. from the movie. Sorry. Yeah. I'll agree with that. I, yeah. I love some Paul Rudd comedy. Like, he, he's yeah. funny. But yeah, as it just like, as you learn more and more about like his relationship with his ex, you're like, Jesus Christ, man. No, no, I do. <laughs> I do love that in the speed dating scene, yeah. uh, when uh, Seth Rogen's character is mm. talking to Mindy Kaling mm. about 
Paul Rudd's character. Yeah. Like, why are you like leading him on? Why are you such a bitch? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And she's like, I changed my phone number. I changed my email. I moved states. I tried everything I could to get away from him. And Seth Rogen's character is like, Yeah. All right. Sorry, I yeah. didn't know any of that. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're all good. It's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> she did everything she possibly could. He's yeah. definitely stalking her. Yeah. No, so I do not condone David's behavior. I just want David, that that's clear. the same. Yeah. Yeah. David. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe like least favorite characters. I'm going to go for multiple here. Um, yeah, David, Paul Rudd's character, and Jay. Romini Ro- Malco. Malco. Yeah, yes. yeah. I didn't like him. Mm. Yeah, he's probably my least favorite. I probably disliked him more. I think like because um, Paul Rudd is just like a charming guy to watch. Mm. But like his actual behavior was terrible. I guess both mm. their behaviors were terrible. I didn't like I, Jay pissed me off in all the scenes. He was always just like a really annoying influence on um, mm. Andy. Andy. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and then all his gross girlfriend stuff just made him worse. Yeah, uh, the scene where he like his girlfriend comes in to yell at Andy because she found his speed dating card and yep. he blamed it on Andy. Like uncomfortable. <laughs> and like, why was he even writing that gross shit on yeah, his speed dating yeah. card? Like, it yeah. was just. Yeah, they made him very unlikable. We've talked about good stuff and a bit of the bad stuff. Is there like a least favorite scene and character in particular? I mean, you've already kind of told mm. us yours, Mabel. <laughs> no, I don't know. I yeah. really don't. Uh, Honestly, ever, now that I'm ever, thinking ever, um, about it, I okay. think Jay as well. Yeah. Because mm. he's like, he's the ringleader of all the kind of, and he his the scene where they're talking about picking up drunk women and it's not like, tipsy it's like they have to be like blackout yeah. drunk vomit yeah. in their hair mm. that's awful it's just bad yeah i think um when we're talking about paul rudd like he's obviously what he's doing is wrong but like his behavior is more from like being in a dark place mm. and, like he's not mentally okay where jay which again doesn't excuse what he's doing but jay is just like, it, like i don't know not evil but like he's just he's just he's like he's just Toxic. doing these, 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 yeah these things yeah well, Paul Rudd stuff doesn't like spill into the rest of his character as much, which I think is why it's easy to ignore. Because whenever he's talking to Andy, he's usually like actually kind of a good friend. Yeah. yeah. Forcing his giant porn collection on him. That was kind of funny. <laughs> but it yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, mostly like Paul Rudd's character is fine, except for this weird pocket of his life when he's a psycho ex stalker. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, we can all say Jay. I think we'll agree on him. Yeah. 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 He's the best. Yeah. I mean, can we also talk about the like the movie's opinions on the way Andy was living? Like there, like there's this implication of kind of like a like a Peter Pan syndrome. Like he never grew up because he still has all his toys. He plays video games. He rides a bike. Yeah. Um, but like, hey, like this weird hatred of like men riding bikes is very. I don't know. It feels very American and very like mid 2000s it comes up all the time where they just think like men should have cars so they can drive women around otherwise yeah. they would not be attractive to women like it's yeah i mean weird. maybe part of this is because it's set in la i'm fairly yeah. sure which is a very car-centric city but even so like i get that the cultural like understanding of cycling and what it's about has changed because it used to mm. be like only the lycra clad and children were were riding and now more people are doing it just as a you know free and easy and healthy way to get around just saying um (laughs) but like you can see it in the way that they like they dressed him up for it too in that like he i mean he wears a helmet which i know in america is not required so that's adding dork factor plus the rear view mirrors and the fact that he tucks his pant leg into his sock (laughs) so his chain doesn't get his chain oil doesn't get on his pant leg like they're trying everything they can to make him look like a huge dork basically Mm -hmm. um it's like honestly I think his life was pretty great. Like, yes, he clearly was craving like personal intimacy and that's fine. He's allowed to crave personal intimacy, but uh, the fact that he has a toy collection and he likes video games is not a problem. Judd Apatow. (laughs) Yeah. Like when they were trying to like redo his old apartment, they're like, women can't see this. And that's like, oh yeah, because no women like video games or like activities. And we always judge people's apartments based on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. His his life looked sick. He had so many interests. He was very adept at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like he's very skilled and competent. And he made a mean looking breakfast. Honestly, like yeah, definitely. His yeah. life looked really good. Yeah. His life looked really. Good. And then he, Trish yeah. came in and ruined it. <laughs> made <laughs> him sell everything. Oh my! But he was starting a new company. We never saw him if they actually did yeah. start yeah. that company. Something I thought about a lot with this movie is this idea about what 
like if you can't detect that something is satire, then it's not good satire. Mm. And I feel like that really applies to this movie, especially because like the arc for the co-workers, like I said, is that they they spend most of the movie giving really bad advice. And then at the end, Andy's going to hook up with Elizabeth Banks, uh, who's like a random stranger he met in the bookshop. And they come in like, no, you like you love Trish. You should go yeah. to Trish, right? And mm. so the, there's meant to be an arc there. Like actually all that shit we were saying was wrong. Like love is great, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But I don't think that that is a strong enough turnaround at the yeah. end to forgive the huge amount of toxicity that gets put into the movie the like the running joke about you know how i know you're gay um the yeah. super transphobic scene with the oh yeah uh, I hated that. sex worker the like yeah um like i think that they needed to do much more towards the end to show that those things are not okay because mostly they're played for laughs and you don't get the message that it's a bad thing. Like the bad thing about hooking up with super drunk women is when they drive, you might die because they're driving drunk. Like that was the message from that scene, not don't hook up with a drunk woman because consent is not there. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just. And I think that's like, these are all the things that come up when you watch like dated comedy movies like this, is that like, that's what, that's what comedy was supposed to be. And then you rewatch it now and you like a lot of the jokes, you're just like, was this supposed to be funny? Cause I don't get the joke anymore. You know? Absolutely. Cool. Fun movie. Some fun scenes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd still recommend it. it. Like, if yeah. you haven't yeah, seen yeah. it, I'd be like, go watch it. It's a fun movie. And Steve Carell's great. And it's like, feel, because it's like, it's like stupid comedy, mm. um, but like rom-com at the same time. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, it's yeah. just kind of feel-good funny. Yeah, as I we mean, said, as long as, sorry, as long as you know, it's like dated as you go in, which doesn't yeah. excuse some of the jokes, but like, it like, it's, yeah, like it's yeah, dated. Yeah, it still like, might ruin it for some people. I think most yeah. people can still enjoy it. Yeah, I yeah. think definitely worth watching. So that's our little recap. We then we want to do another segment, basically where we do a little bit of a deep dive into a, a topic around sex education. Um, and it seems obvious, but I think it's appropriate to talk about virginity in the context of this movie. Yeah. Um, lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. It's a very big topic, um, yeah. but there's like two kind of areas I really wanted to like focus on. Uh, the first one being like, what is virginity really? Like it's a, it's a, it's a thing we talk about a lot, but never really interrogate very much. And I think that's because when you start to pull on the threads, it all just kind of falls apart. One thing that like, I think about a lot is the fact that there's no physiological basis for virginity. Uh, Mm. like people talk about breaking the hymen and stuff like that, but that a doesn't happen necessarily yeah like it can but it doesn't have to happen um also the hymen is not like a a wall over yeah, the you're not vagina like breaking through some like drywall <laughs> or something yeah. to like Ugh. access the vaginal canal slash uterus it's so, yeah the hymen thing's so weird for the yeah. vast majority of people with vaginas uh there is already a hole in it because otherwise it would be impossible to menstruate so like it's yeah. it's not a thing it's also a very stretchy piece of tissue and so if you're not rushing things or coercing things, uh, it just moves out of the way the first time you have sex. Um, and so even for people with vaginas, there's no physiological like sign that you've had sex, uh, despite a lot of misconceptions to the contrary. Well, yeah, because like, you hear about all these people trying to do like virginity testing on their daughters or oh whatever, and it's yeah. like there's and, nothing to test for. But then also like obviously, so there's no biological basis to virginity. Mm-hmm. But there is obviously a social side yeah. to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even just an experience side. Like there is a time in your life before you've engaged in sexual activity. And then there's a time in your life after you have, if you want to and do end up having sex. Uh, yeah. But then it's an interesting question is to ask where that line is. Uh, I found a really interesting paper from 2011 in the United States where they interviewed a bunch of people about what counts as losing your virginity. Um, And uh, just to uh, preface, all of the research I found is like overwhelmingly heterosexual. So there's really (laughs) not a lot of information about how queer people think about virginity. Yeah, I think the origins of virginity are very heterosexual. (laughs) Heterosexual as well, yeah, Yeah. for sure. And so in this research, 80% of people uh, connected it with penis in vagina sex, which, you know, is kind of maybe the normal way of, th- quote unquote, yeah. normal way of thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but then 14% of them connected it to the first time they had oral sex, either giving or receiving oral sex, which, you know, 
uh, is a different way of approaching it. And then 3% of the people uh, they talked about said they connected it to the first time they had anal sex, which I find as a very interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. Maybe those people were queer and it just wasn't well, obvious say, in the yeah. research. Is there uh, any, yeah, did they did they ask about, you know, sexual orientation for any of these answers? Because I'm curious if that is what's... Not you- that I noticed. Um, okay. I, yeah, so it's... Uh, I think that is probably a fair interpretation of that. Definitely. Or maybe in the case of those people, they were one of those group of people who are like, well, the vagina is sacred and I can't do that until I'm married, but the butthole is yeah. fair game. They do in which say. case, <laughs> the, pre- the pre-pole loophole. is the loophole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what they say. <laughs> I remember first hearing about that. I thought that was crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the mental gymnastics to be like, this, this is, is fine. This is sacred. This is not. Okay. This is not. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, another interesting thing from that paper, though, was uh, they like kind of looked at the way the people talked about losing their virginity mm. or the concept of virginity in in general, and they noted that there were three like categories of the way that they that people felt about it. Um, some people felt of it as a gift, like I gave my virginity to somebody that I care about. Um, some people thought of it as a rite of passage, like I have finally done the thing, uh, which I guess is probably how I would have yeah. conceptualized it. Um, and then the third category as a stigma. So either I have lost it and that makes me a bad person, which it doesn't, just to be really clear about that, or I haven't lost my virginity and that makes me inexperienced, a virgin, you know, all mm. of these things, which, you know, is Andy in this movie that we just talked yeah. about, right? Like he he feels the stigma and mostly because of the things that other people do to him when they find out, but like that I think is the way that he thinks about it. Yeah, and he he has like the the really common mentality of like, you know, missing the boat, like it's too late, like I, I'm now too old and I can never lose it. Yeah, now. which like, I think if we connect it back to Sex Education, the show that we've been watching, yeah, um, Lily, this is exactly, Andy is Lily's nightmare for her life, basically. <laughs> oh that she doesn't, she tries in college and then it never happens and then she's too old and then it literally never happens and she dies without ever having sex. And yeah. um, I think this movie shows that it's never too late, right? No. Yeah. Um, which kind of leads into the second topic that I kind of delved into in the research, which was when do people lose their virginity? How old are people when when it happens? Yeah, and, I'm interested to know this. Yeah, so there is a bit of research, um, nothing that I could find like very recent, but um, so in Australia, the last big like survey of like Australians and their relationship with sex and health and that sort of stuff was uh, in 2011. Um, And the average age for, uh, and this is, uh, this is more so than the other one, overwhelmingly like heterosexually coded. Like uh, it was the average age for men in Australia is 17.9. So nearly 18. Um, And uh, the average age for women is 18. Exactly. But what's interesting is, so only 19% of men had sex before they were 16 and only 16% of women had sex before they were 16. And the oldest reported, uh, was a 50 year old man or a man reported having sex for the first time at 50 and a woman reported having sex for the first time at 51. So Andy wasn't even the oldest, no. really, right? Yeah. Um, interestingly, from the survey, there was, because the survey was about 20,000 Australians over the age of 16, so 16 to 69 was the age range. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something like 2.4% of men had never had sex and 2.8% of women had never had sex in that in that cohort. Yeah. So, you know, 4% of people are virgins still as adults. I think yeah. it's interesting. And I think, yeah, I think it's kind of like, I think it's important to like remind people who maybe like aren't super fluent with interpreting averages and stuff that like, yeah, yeah the average age is like 18, mm. but that doesn't kind of mean that like most people around 18, like that yeah. could mean like a lot of people are still older than that. Like I think sometimes, sure. especially young people or like anyone who's just like not really well-versed in like averages and stuff can hear that and be like, okay, well, that's the age. And it's like, yeah. well, no. So that means like some people around then, some people are young, but like, but also, yeah a bunch having sex much older than that yeah yeah Yeah. 
And that just completely debunks any of the, your mates at school or your friends. Who yeah. Are like, oh, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, yeah. had sex like yeah. 20 times. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're listening, do not stress if all your friends are talking shit like that. Yeah, like, yeah seriously. Uh, some other interesting research, some other interesting data from that research, uh, about 70% of first-time sexual encounters had uh, involved a condom, so contraceptives, which apparently they referenced data from like the 50s where it was like, five percent or something like that so we're getting better we're getting better at that which is nice and it was interesting who you lost your virginity to the most common thing was a steady partner which is nice Mm -hmm. um around 51 percent of men and 66 percent of women lost it with a steady partner um and then 40 percent of men and 20 percent of women uh with a casual hookup and there was a bunch of other categories with really small numbers but those are the two like most common ways to do it yeah i also i'll put a a link in the description to uh a a website that has a list of average age by country um which is kind of interesting because it is quite different in some countries uh, mm. and i think it often reflects the like social norms of, of that country yeah, um, yeah. whether or not like like i think in australia at least we've gotten quite permissive in terms of having sex before marriage is not really a problem anymore mm. unless you're in a co- particular community that has very strong yeah. feelings about it but the broad like social feeling about it i think has changed quite a lot in the last yeah like, like in years. terms of in terms of just like going out on like dating apps or meeting people randomly i think you would like assume before not that people are open to sex before marriage unless they say otherwise. Like that's yeah. the assumed mm-hmm. status of most people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely uh, interesting to see like research done like 50 years in the past. And even like now to see like what the differences. Well, I feel like now to 2011, there's not much of a gap, but I just think it'd be interesting. Like, Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the data I was looking at is that there was a very slight trend to it going the age average age going down but it's like very minor and not really and when you control for other factors it's not really probably not statistically significant and um in relation to like sex education uh abstinence only training had no effect on the average age that people lose their virginity which i think is a fantastic data point to point to when people are like well we should just tell them not to do it and it's like well they're gonna do it guys so and what's interesting is that um fully comprehensive sex education also doesn't have an impact on the age that people first have sex but it does reduce the cases of unplanned pregnancies and stis etc it is a good thing to teach people about sex and safer sex in particular, Uh, telling them not to do it. Like literally everything else in the world. If you tell someone not to do the thing, that's not going to stop them if they want to do it. And I think we all know that most teenagers, I don't want to speak for everybody and asexual people definitely exist, which is not acknowledged at all in the movie, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I know. Like Andy could have just been asexual, but that never comes up. Um, but, and I was like, that could be it, and then end movie. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, I just don't want to have sex. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, aside from asexual people, teenagers want to have sex, and they're going to. So not equipping them with the knowledge they need to do it safely is just mm-hmm. you're, yeah. you're actively harming them at that point. Yeah. Sure. I love that we have the data points showing how ineffective abstinence only education is. Yeah. I hate that no matter how much the research shows that it's ineffective, people still want to do it. Yeah. I suspect a lot of individual parents and such will like hear that and be like, well, I'm just going to like lock up my child. Like I don't care if the no. education doesn't work at scale, but like as long as I can make sure that my child doesn't have sex, then like I will be successful and yeah. just being kind of obtuse about it, I think. Yeah. Um, and back to the like uh, the this idea that there's no biological side mm. to virginity. Uh, I think it really shows that those really toxic sex education tropes of like um, the sticky tape thing, uh, where they like they stick the teacher will stick a piece of sticky tape to your arm and then you peel it off and stick it on someone else's arm and you keep sticking it around the class until it won't stick anymore. And they're like, this is what it means to have sex with a lot of people. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, or another one I was reading about yesterday, actually, where the kids would, the kids were given a cup of water and told to put it in their mouth and then swish it around, and then they all spat it into a Ew. single bucket, 
And then the teacher's like, would you want to drink this? Ew. Yeah. That's not the same thing. It's really not. It's super toxic. And it like, not only does it make people feel bad about something they shouldn't feel bad about. Yeah. But also it really creates the environment in which like particularly men have super toxic and disgusting opinions about women who've had sex with somebody, even one person, right? It's like you're just feeding. It gets into their heads so early. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, it's so horrible. Like it brings up shame and all those sorts of unproductive, toxic emotions and I'm not here for it. (laughs) Nope. God. That's crazy. Oh, that's crazy. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Yes. Please, please just send us comments, rage venting about how much you agree with us. I just want to hear the collective. Yeah. (laughs) Did you do some sort of practical fun activity in sex ed where they talked about how, you know, worn out you're going to get if you have too much sex? Like, tell us about it because we know that those stories exist. As much as I hate it, I just want to hear all these crazy stories. Yeah. I know. So bad. <sighs> but yeah, so that's a little bit of a, a dive into some of the data on virginity. It's uh it's a big topic. Yeah. Um, but it's also like if you haven't had sex yet, it's fine. It'll oh, happen. Yeah. If you want it to happen, it'll happen eventually. Don't mm-hmm. put pressure on yourself because as we see with Andy, when people put pressure on him, he gets into situations that are just actively bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I feel like even though they don't really show it, I think that. Like you don't need to build virginity up to be a big thing, but doing it with somebody that you trust, not necessarily like that you're deeply in love with and going to be with for the rest of your life, but somebody that you have some trust with, I think is a, 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 a recipe for a much better first time than just some random hookup or. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. we should all well just said. remember that virginity isn't real. It's not real. <laughs> And I'm definitely on the side of like de-emphasizing the importance of it. I get that some people want to make it important. So just like it's as important as you want it to be and that's fine. But it's a, like it's just a made up thing. And yeah. you do with that whatever you want. Yeah, I, I really like people over it. Yeah, do not shame people over it. I really liked the YouTuber's explanations, the way she talks about it is like, let's change the language. Let's stop using the word virgin and mm. start talking about someone who hasn't had sex. Cause that's what, that's the only real thing, right? Is that they just haven't done it yet. That's just, well, yeah, that's all it is. It's literally just like a before and after. And there's like, mm. in terms of where we draw the line, it's like, you can draw multiple lines. You can be like, oh, this, that was the first time, you know, I kissed someone. That was the first time I had a sexual thought. That was the first time I masturbated. That was the mm. first time I had oral sex. That was the first, you know, like there's a yeah. whole bunch of kinds of virginity you can pass. And like, yeah. you don't have to pick one. You can just kind of note and remember your first time for a bunch of things. That yeah. was the first time mm. I had pizza, you know? Glorious day. That was the first time, <laughs> someone, touched, was the oh, first time yeah. someone touched my butthole, but like they didn't go inside, you know? Yeah. Like, there's a whole bunch of experiences that happen and like any of them could be considered your virginity you know yeah. <laughs> like yep. absolutely well said yeah. awesome cool <gasps> it's time it's for our next yeah. segment it's kind of leads into our next segment which we write some shitty scenes <laughs> our idea for our next scene is uh taking a scene from the thing we've just watched so the 40 year old virgin and rewriting it to making it better to make it better or even just talking about in particular what was wrong with the scene yeah. uh, or if we find a particularly good one, what was right about the scene and what other people should take note of. Mm. Um, And uh, this time around, we decided to talk about the scene in the movie where Andy and Kat Dennings' character, Trisha's daughter, whose name is Marla. Marla. Yeah. Andy and Marla go to a family planning clinic. So like somewhere where you can go and get sex education, get some condoms, get birth control in theory, in theory, get sex education, uh, because, uh, this is a scene we want to rewrite to make it better. (laughs) Yeah. Because they did not really provide anyone with any useful education advice or, and I don't know, they didn't even seem to actively hand out condoms or anything. Yeah. I mean, you're a teacher, Mabel. Uh, I feel like I would love as an educator to have someone like Andy in the class who is like actively asking questions. That's the dream. Mm -hmm. That's the dream. Mm -hmm. Active engagement, questions. Interested. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Because, I mean, Andy has the, the, the premise for this is like, 
oh, you know, you don't want to take your daughter to the family planning clinic because it's too much. It's overwhelming. She's not ready. I, I'll, I'll take her for you as a nice gesture when really it's like, I need some information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like, he's ostensibly there for Marla, but he's really there because he wants to learn about the stuff that he's clearly never gotten anywhere else. Yeah. Um, well, he thought if you use it, you might lose it. So, yeah. Which brings us to, like, one of the first shitty things I would like to rewrite. You know, mm. he says, is it true? He puts up his hand and very earnestly says, Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? Is- and this this sex... Educator? Educator, yeah. supposedly. I really it- don't want to call her that because she didn't educate anyone. But yeah. she just looks at him like, is that a serious question? And then he's like, no, no, it's not. Yeah, it's like, like, what a great way to not answer people's questions and make them afraid to ask any more questions. Make them feel shame for being curious. Yeah, yeah. And just not give them information. Like, how hard is it to be like, no, that's not true? I mean, that's yeah. not even, like, the greatest response, but at least it's answering the question. Mm. In, in her defence, I feel like, Obviously, no, it's not a good response. But a lot of the other parents in that room were not giving her, like, good energy or, like, good support in the conversation. So she's probably like, oh, this there's another adult here just getting on my back and asking stupid questions. Yeah, Yeah. we rewrite a lot of the parents in the scene as well. I just get rid of them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually, that's the first thing. I'm like, who does, like, group therapy sex education? Like, it's just... When Marla said that she wanted to go to, like, the sex clinic and get birth control or whatever, I assumed it was going to be, like, a one-on-one consultation. She would be speaking to some kind of, like, medical Like a doctor, yeah. Yeah, exactly, who would, like, be able to advise her of what the options were, what they would do, what the side effects are, and help her make an informed decision. You know, that's just, like, that's what I would like this to be. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which was not what it was. It was a group of parents and their kids asking uh like the parents coming in wanting to like honestly control what their children were doing Mm -hmm. and then the sex educator just either agreeing with them or making fun of them that was her like two responses to the situation yeah i think this was supposed to be some kind of like parent child group abstinence seminar because Mm. kind of when she finally gets to any information she's like Instead of intercourse, you can have out of course. And it's kind of like, let's just get all the parents and kids together and tell the kids to not have sex. Yeah. That is what they That is the is. vibe. Yep. Um, and you can already tell, it sounds like, I don't know, half the kids in the room were already having sex and their parents knew about it. So it was almost mm-hmm. like their parents were trying to stop them from continuing to have sex, even mm-hmm. though they were already sexually active. Although... Uh, Seth, the young kid who's very boisterous, I feel like we might be able to question whether or not he's actually had sex yet. And it was pretty, it was pretty rude and inappropriate of Andy to set to like point one kid out and be like, I think some of us point two kid in the corner. (laughs) I'm not sexually active yet. Yeah. Um, we're in the writer's room most of the parents can go that line can go yeah andy can stay he's asking good questions andy can stay marla can stay she's like it's what i really liked about marla was like the the educator does say like is anybody here a virgin and marla is very willing to just like put her hand up and be like yes i am um of course everybody else in the room besides andy then makes fun of her for that because that's the way that we treat virgins in our society even still it's been 20 years and i feel like for like a movie purpose and a comedic purpose well just like what would happen in real life most of the kids might snicker but the fact that all the adults are like laughing along oh yeah that's like the worst part like that should not be the scene at all yeah yeah let me think. I want to rewrite the scene so it's still like sexually accurate and useful, yeah. but like still funny. Like I feel well, yeah, like maybe we could. Yeah. I feel like we could always have like you know, Andy finally doing the condom and banana thing. Yes. You know, and it like. I thought I thought the someone... bits when um the educator was talking about out of course and get, mm. listing the options where mm-hmm. Andy was saying oh, like yeah. she was like uh mutual masturbation he's, he's like play with a friend and then <laughs> yeah. like th- that was quite funny That's that funny, was a good yeah. funny moment yeah I and that. it was like and it broke it down yeah you know, play with a friend play with yourself it's like yeah let's just like keep it educational but hilarious yeah mm-hmm. so like see. we're not you know woke scolds telling you that you can't have fun with sex education you just got to do a good job and tell actually funny jokes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i'm pretty yeah. happy with that it's a good rewrite yeah pretty short but cool and yeah. now uh so we're done with our rewrite 
basically uh, take out all the bad sex ed and make it funnier is, is our, I think, funny our and accurate. Funny you and know, accurate. Use Steve mm-hmm. Carell, definitely, because he's hilarious. I think yeah. there can be some funny, awkward, condom banana scenes in this scene. Yeah, yeah. more physical comedy would work. Yeah. And just yeah. like positively, not like tearing each other down for being virgins or, you know. Mm awkward teenagers or whatever yeah i mean i guess that is this whole movie is actively making fun of him for being a virgin until he's not in the end yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i wanted to see like have some information coming out and see him like vigorously like taking notes on a board or something you Mm -hmm. know being like oh that's a good like even just like later saying like uh, like acting really surprised when some basic fact is said because mm-hmm. he doesn't have any idea and more because there was a few moments before he admits to being a virgin where Marlo was like looking at him like yeah yeah why that's an interesting question for you yeah. an adult man to be asking asking <laughs> for some that. like serious details you know like yeah yeah really specifics maybe where the vagina is yeah know? someone bringing up come hither motion for like how to finger a woman like I think <laughs> yeah. this would be great yeah. uh, bringing up the fact that women do not pee out of their vagina yeah women yeah. do not have a cloaca <laughs> <laughs> cool all righty yeah rewrite done let us know your rewrite yeah yeah, well, yeah anything you want which scene would you take and just bin or rewrite <laughs> Write out rewrite out of 10. We yeah. can handle yeah. criticism. Please criticize us. We are not professional writers. We are not. Although, you know, if Judd Apatow wants to do a rewrite of this mm. movie, I'm very willing to be in the room. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Speaking um, of Judd Apatow, that brings us to our next segment, which is we're going to do a bit more of like a, like, obviously it's, well, this is like more of like a movie breakdown and like, it's going to be different every week. It could be like more specific about like the film technique or like more of like the social significance of the movie or the show or like breaking down a specific like actor's history from like whatever we're watching. But today I'm kind of going to break down, well, just like the a bit of like Jad Apatow's epic run of like all these back-to-back like hits that he's had as like, Whilst you like wouldn't um, mostly remember the actors from these movies, it's like really him who like recognizes their talent and like brings them up into the industry. And I think he is like the mastermind behind all these films, and not like the people you see on the front. So yeah, do you guys know much about Jada Patel? Or I've seen I mean... some of his movies and shows. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. he's. It's the kind of name where I think I'd watched a lot of his shows and movies without really knowing who he was, and then yeah. eventually I was like, "That name looks familiar." That mm. I like, oh, I've seen that name before, and then I started noticing that like all these shows and movies that had like the similar vibe were Judd Apatow, and that's where I kind of started recognizing his style. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I I try and think, like I know he's made a lot of movies that I've seen, but the only other one I can think of is Knocked Up, but. I yeah. know that there are many more than that. <laughs> I really yeah, yeah. liked his show Love. Yeah, yeah it's, I haven't seen it, but I heard that's pretty good. Like I a quick like rundown it. of his filmography. Like he does lots of directing, producing, writing. He's got Superbad, Trainwreck, mm-hmm. Bridesmaids, Anchorman 1 and 2, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Step Brothers. And the one that, that really proves what me and Matt was talking about later, like how he's like really come up with the times like the big sick have you guys seen the big sick? oh i love the big yeah. sick yeah, yeah. that's really, a great movie worth watching and i think that just shows like how much as he's evolved with the times yeah i mean i love bridesmaids i know it's not everybody's cup of tea but i just really enjoy the chance the for a, well that but like i just love the yeah. chance for female comedians to do gross mm-hmm. humor because yeah. often female comedians aren't kind of allowed to do that because it's like you know a man thing or whatever some yeah. bullshit so like yeah fucking making diarrhea jokes it's mm-hmm. just like good for them yeah, Let's it's just it. like like they like have the films like um, this movie where it's just like all these guys are just chilling out and talking and then you bring that to Bridesmaids, mm. which it took too long to actually happen, but it's good that he's actually allowed these female actors and comedians to step up and like in their own ensemble like mm. in Bridesmaids. So now we're going to do a bit of trivia based on Ooh. all that. So this is called Lights, Camera, Educate. And we got a little... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For those of you watching on YouTube. Yeah, if yeah. not, if audios, I got a little clipboard from um, like one of those clippy things. Yeah, what's it called? The, the movie. Clapboard. Clapboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Picture that, audio listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so every week I'm going to, we're going to get Matt and Mabel to uh, 
put put them against each other. And they're gonna we're gonna keep score over time. Maybe at the end of each season, we might have like a little reward. Give us some recommendations. I'm gonna like, beat you, Mabel. Ooh. I kind of think you might. You're really, you're really <laughs> very good at trivia. Well, the thing is, like, I don't want it to be like boring trivia. That's just on IMDb trivia. Every yeah, not time. Matt's kind of boring trivia. Something that yeah. I can be good at. <laughs> so every time it's gonna be like something I pick up randomly in the movie or that I find funny or like yeah, okay. some, some history right. or like just stuff that happens in the movie. Let's this is how we'll go. So the famous scene where Andy has his chest hair removed is well known for being heavily improvised. Like we know the cast got shoved into a room with five, with like a five camera setup and just shot and they just quipped and made lines and did whatever they could. So I pit you guys, it's what you have to do. Write down, Mabel and Matt have little iPads we're going to write down their answers on. Write down one of the six phrases Andy screams at the waxist and you get an extra point if you give us your best uh impression of that oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. this is good this is tricky um, oh my god wait so what so what he yells out at the okay when, yeah, so like when she rips off one of the strips yeah, yeah. it cuts to his face and he's screaming something there's some pretty good ones in here there are play it play, play alone at home if you can no mm. cheating <laughs> all right <laughs> all right let's i go. have a few options so i've only oh, i just want one Matt. i only just want one. Oh. Just, just one just one uh, Mine's just like offensive. I'm just trying to be like offensive because I think he might have said something offensive. All right. I said you're a terrible person. I think he says oh, that. I think, I think he, he, does he say I that. think he calls the esthetician a terrible person, but I don't know if yeah. that's right. I think you're gonna get closer because I just I'm pretty sure he definitely didn't say this, but I went with God, I hate you, you whore. I think he does say that. Oh my he? god, does he call yeah. her a whore? Because that sounds like something he would have said. Yeah. Uh <laughs> he he says but Mabel's the closest. He says, oh, I hate you. Stop smiling is one of them. Stop yeah. smiling. Yeah. So another famous one, he just screams Kelly Clarkson. Uh, he does <laughs> scream Kelly, Kelly Clarkson. Clarkson. <laughs> yeah. So he goes, you fucker. Sucker, motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck me in the asshole. Yeah. Cock sucker, motherfucker. My favorite, well, second favorite one is sweaty pie hole. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is my, Matt, Matt will need a pudding because I cannot pronounce it to it's like best like how steve carl does it he goes and he says oh i hate you stop smiling and da uh, nipple fuck yeah fuck. So yeah i should have just written down some motherfucker stuff like that seems yeah like second motherfucker win. i remember yeah 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 cool all right so i feel like mabel gets the point we'll give mabel a point for that yes. yeah, yeah. Ding. All right. I feel bad Ding. now for like needlessly calling her a whore, even though he didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm a new like he's mostly been respectful aside from calling her a motherfucker. Like, he's yeah, most, he was mostly nice. Yeah. Right. I like when he walks out of the scene, he like thanks her. He's yeah, like, he's, yeah like, he's very polite. Like, <laughs> Thank you. I'm gonna leave now. <laughs> so, as okay. we were talking before, the 2000s was full of ensemble comedies, and it just was a good time for comedies in general. But we mm. don't really see comedies, ensemble comedies like that anymore. However, Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen, Leslie Mann, and Jonah Hill also all appeared together in which comedy in the same decade? I mean, I'm going to have a guess. I feel like I'm going to be wrong. But all right, Mabel, okay. let's, let's hear it, Mabel. Oh, wait, i got to write it down. Oh. This is 40. God, what was I going to write? Uh, I said knocked up. Uh, so the answer I have is knocked up. Yeah. Yes. yes. I'm not sure, because isn't um, this is 40, like, I meant to be like a sequel? Or oh, is it? I heard something about that. It's like a loose. Oh, I don't know. It's got Leslie Mann in it, right? Leslie Mann and Paul Rudd are like the main. They're like the main couple in it. So that just right. sort of sprung to mind because actually, I love that movie. I think it's really because cool. I, I like it more than remember, Knocked Up. To be honest, I couldn't remember if Leslie Mann was in Knocked Up or not. Knocked so. Up is with Catherine Heigl, right? Yeah, yeah. Leslie Mann's in it. Yeah, yeah. Jason yeah. Segel. Yeah. I think this is forty is better. Just saying. Just saying. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah, to get around to it. Cool. But, um, yeah. Apparently, they're going to make a sequel, Cold Knocked Up to the 40 Year Old Virgin, with the same, with roughly the same cast. Oh. But they just scratched it and made it its own thing. I love Lovely Man. Yeah, yeah. she's great. She's great. <laughs> so, two more questions. So, yeah. a lot of the drunk driving scene with Leslie Mann was actual real stunt work. And it was actually Judd Apatow's daughter who came up with the idea of Nikki, who is Leslie Mann's character, falling asleep while driving. <laughs> So the climax of the scene, as we know, ends with Nikki vomiting all over Andy, leading to him having a heavy pass on the one night stand. Mm-hmm. Name the drink that Andy could smell, and what was the substitute used for the vomit? Oh, okay. So there's two points here. 
what was the substitute that I'm not sure of, but I'm going to have a guess at, um, okay. All right, Matt, let's hear it. We'll go Matt first. I said it was a daiquiri. Um, and my guess for the substance is Pepto-Bismol because it was pink. Ooh, Mabel. Uh, I can't remember. I went with a clam something. Wow. Uh, with strawberry yogurt for the well for the you're both all right it's a daiquiri and it was strawberry yogurt hey look oh, at that one point each hey strawberry yogurt i'm so happy i got that yeah i watched guess. that scene and i was like i reckon that's strawberry yogurt <laughs> cool last question exciting all righty so this tied you can earn four points total, but I'll be surprised if someone even gets one. This is a hard one. Good. A lot of Judd Apatow and even Seth Rogen's films have uh, feature a lot of pop culture references from like their time growing up or just even more modern ones. We even see Paul Rudd's character, Dave, watching a lot of movies while he's at work. That's not, it's not the quiz, but that was like the Born Identity and watching Dawn of the Dead. However, while David was the movie guy, Seth Rogen, you could say, was the music guy. We see him wearing shirts with covers of albums for different bands. They're up to four bands. You get one point per each band you can name. This is a hard one. I'm never going to get this. I know. This is I a know. hard one. I feel oh, like really there was one of his shirts that I noticed. Oh, maybe. I don't remember any of these shirts. I don't remember any of these shirts. Oh, my God. There's okay. one band I think will be a, like you can just throw it out there and you'll probably get a point. I don't know. I'm just, um, I'm just coming out with four random bands. I have yeah, no idea. Yeah, that's a good that's point. Fair. I should make four guesses and then see if I get any of them. Yeah. All right, yeah. I have four bands. I have All four right. bands. Let's if between the two of us, if we somehow have even guessed one, I'll be excited. I think you'll be able to get one. Yeah. Yeah. Nirvana, Ooh. The Doors, Weezer, The Clash. Matt? Good guesses, Mabel. I have Coldplay, Metallica, Bob Marley, Ooh. and uh, Spice Girls. Oh, I want it to be Spice Girls. Ooh. So only one of you get the point. Just one point. And it was Nirvana. <gasps> oh, really? Yes! Yep. yes! He looks yep. like such a Nirvana fan. Yes! That was my first guess. So after our first trivia session, Mabel was taking a 3-2 lead. It's a good, Amazing. good start. Well done, Mabel. I am super happy with that. Amazing. Cool. Yeah, that was great. That's a really fun segment. So I hope you listeners like it because I want to keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Trivia is over and Mabel has won. Um, yes. And that brings us to the end of the podcast for today. Uh, let us know if you like the new format, uh, if you have any ideas for segments where we're all ears. Um, we'd also love to include some some comments from people. Like if, if you have something you really want to say about the 40 year old virgin or something like that, like, let us know. Um, uh, we'll, we'd be glad to continue that conversation. In the yeah. Next send episode. it in. Comments, emails, audio, video. We'll include it. However, however send we it can. Through to us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just anything and we'll, we'll, we'll work it in. Yeah. Criticism. We will take all constructive criticism. Don't just call yeah. us an asshole, but like, tell us what you don't like yeah. about what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. And so next episode will be, we're going to get back into season two of sex education, um, but we will be doing it with this new format. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll see you then. Thanks Follow us on social media, subscribe. It helps us know that people are listening. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.